Chapter 8 I'll Get My Stuff Jack made it to the airport early Thursday morning at 4.30 a.m. and settled into first class by 5.15. Security swabbed down his homemade spectrometer to make sure it wasn't a bomb, but other than that, no hitches. He sat back and sipped orange juice while waiting for his plane to take off and began to notice that a few of his fellow first-class passengers smelled like stale cigar smoke and booze. He watched them like a child staring at a toilet for the first time. Several were dressed in Buffalo Bills jerseys and began grabbing miniatures off the drink cart, swigging them down. Apparently, the logic was if they'd been up all night drinking, why stop just because the sun came up and you're headed back home? He looked around and felt out of place. Having to share a ride to Buffalo with a plane load of drunk vacationers wasn't on his bucket list. He saw the guy across the aisle burp into his fist and ask for another drink. He could tell by the tan line he was missing his wedding ring. A big gold watch dug into the fat, sunburned folds of his wrist. He had the look of someone likely to get sick on the ride home. Jack suddenly missed the fine leather smell of his own Citation jet. Jack was right about the fat dude across the aisle. Halfway to Buffalo, they hit turbulence, and he hurled into his airsick bag. The stench was awful. Thank God the flight attendant hustled him down to the galley at the rear of the plane and let him lay down. Several others seemed poised to join him, but luckily they held him back. At the Buffalo airport, he picked up a car left for him at short-term parking. With money comes convenience, and hanging out in a rental car line waiting for a car that's been beat to hell and back wasn't convenient. He had called one of the concierge's auto services and had a new Audi R8 waiting for him. He put his equipment in the front seat and listened to the symphony of eight finely tuned cylinders greet him when he pressed the start button. It was September, and like Vegas, there was a slight chill in the air, which amplified the roar of the engine. He looked at his watch. Due to the time zone change, it was 12.45 p.m. Jack had plenty of time to meet Serena Green across the river in the town of St. Catharines. Not having to go through Toronto meant the trip would be a lot shorter. According to Magnus Johnson, Toronto was Greenleaf's corporate headquarters, but the action happened at their grow facilities, including the one he was about to visit near Lake Huron. Looking at the GPS, he determined it would be a milk run. In and out, no time. He called Serena Green, who picked up on the first ring. Yes, there's a gas station just outside of St. Catharines. I'll text you the directions and you can meet me there. From there, you can follow me. He pulled into the second lane at the customs crossing and handed the agent his passport. The agent looked at him, nodded, and handed his passport back to him. The new policy of not stamping passports between the U.S. and Canada still seemed weird to him. The ride was uneventful and the landscape was unspoiled. The leaves were turning bright shades of yellow and red, and the air was crisp, something he missed living in Vegas and growing up in Miami. In Miami, there were only two seasons, hot and hotter. Vegas had more variation in temperature, but it was still a desert. In his mind, he committed to spending more time in the Northeast next year, maybe even Europe, thinking that a change of scenery would do him and Luke good. He blew out a breath and released the thought with it. He arrived at the gas station by 1.30 and bought a cup of coffee from a grizzled old man behind the counter. The man just looked at the Audi and made a noticeable grunt. Jack couldn't tell if that was a good thing or not, but paying the man in dollars yielded an appreciative nod. 
At 1.40, Serena pulled up in a black-on-black Range Rover, a film of dust covering the vehicle. So you made it, she said, getting out of the car and giving him a hug that was entirely unexpected. Jack stood stiffly, uncomfortably returning the hug, smiling and taking in the entirety of Miss Green without being obvious. Her hair was in a ponytail under a baseball cap, and she was wearing an all-black, tight-fitting sport unitard under a thermal vest. She looked good. Yeah, believe it or not, I'm GPS qualified, he said. She grinned, then looked at his car and frowned. Were you planning a track day? What are you talking about, he replied, slightly taken aback. Well, that fine piece of German engineering may be good for paved roads or a racetrack, but where we're going, not so much. Wait, no paved roads. Please don't tell me that, Jack said. She let her next words hang. Well, technically they're paved. Oh, shit, Jack said. Well, the way I see it, you've got a couple options. You can take the Batmobile and try to follow me. I guess there's always a possibility you can make it without bending a rim or ripping off some bodywork. Or you can leave it here and ride with me. It's up to you, Serena said. He looked at her, then the Audi. Quickly said, I'll get my stuff.